Okay, so we are now uh, the one set of two dots before the Mishnah. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve lines from the bottom of the page of Gimel Amun Aleph. The Mishnah has said one of the final lines. If you want to look in the Mishnah for a minute, you don't have to. But one of the, the Mishnah on Gimel um, uh, Beis Amud Beis is the same original Mishnah. Had ended by saying Vacholshiyah. It's like the second last line of the Mishnah. Vacholshiyah Hayachol Lamain Valomiyana. Right? So if you have a situation of a, a young girl, right, not a katana, who was married off by her brother or her, or her mother, and she was able to do miyun, right, she could have done miyun, and that, again, retroactively nullifies her marriage to her original husband if she could have done so and didn't do so. So her tzara is chaletzetz v'loyos yamemet, right? She does chalitza, not, but can't do yibum. Um, why can't, she can't do yibum? Because this girl is still sort of right, married, uh, to this man, and she's an erva to the brother, and therefore, so we sort of have tsaras erva in that case, and at the same time, um, but nevertheless, she does chalitza because midaray, so she's not really married, and if she's not really married, so then the tsara again, still has to do chalitza, because we, uh, you know, midaray, so she's, she's permitted to the, to the brother here, so, uh, you know, because there's that kind of that in-between status, the, the tsara in such a scenario, so she does chalitza naive. So the Gemara now says as follows, a very, very reasonable question. It says the Gemara, Vatima'ein hashta vatis yabeim. I don't get it. Just do, do, do miyun now, right? Meaning if the, scenario, if the whole point is, again, just a reminder of what the case would be, right? Uh, let's see if we find an easy one here, right? So uh, let's just do the first one over here. Just, just, you just as a model, right? Right? Reuben and Shimon, Sarah and Rivka. Sarah is Reuben's daughter. Rivka is not related to Reuven at all, right? Shimon dies, so Reuven can't marry Sarah, and he also, therefore, he also can't marry Rivka to Sarah. But let's say Sarah's marriage to Shimon was a katana marriage, right? So, for to make it easier, let's make Sarah not the daughter, because that would be hard for them to be me if it's possible. But, you know, so Sarah's his, you know, his, uh, you know, daughter-in-law, whatever, whoever she is. But the bottom line is, Sarah's an erva, and Rivka's not. So Reuven can't marry, can't do Yibam with Sarah, and therefore he can't do Yibam with Rivka. The question is, if Sarah's connection to Shimon was, again, sort of Midir Abanan, because she was a Katana, she couldn't have done Miyun, right? If she would do Miyun, that would, that would remember, Miyun is like this, this Dirabanan type of retroactive destruction of the marriage, it's like an annulment, right? It's retroactive. There was no marriage in the first place. So the Gemara says, well, wait a second. If, if doing Miyun would sever this connection, right? And then Rivka could go ahead and marry Ruve because again, now she wouldn't be a co-wife of a tzara. So um, why don't we just tell Sarah, even after Shimon dies, do Miyun now. Miyun is, is dependent on the woman. It's not, it's not like something given by the man to the woman. The woman can decide, I'm done. I'm not interested. I want to leave. And she does that by herself. So let Sarah do Miyun right now. What'll happen? It'll be as if she was never married to Shimon. In which case, what? Rifa can do, can do Yibam with Ruven. Why not? That'd be a good idea. If Mian is really retroactive, and it means that she was never married to Shimon, then Rifa can do Yibam, right? And that'd be wonderful. Again, at this point, we're still trying to, the Gemara assumes that we, we want to have Yibam done if possible. So if Rifka really already, Midaraisa can do Yibam, we should just tell Sarah, do Mian now, and then Rifa can do Yibam. So that's Gemara's Kasha. Matthew, you have a question? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that that so that's the Gemara's question. So um, the Gemara answers. 
Let Sarah do Yib, do Mion, and then Rivka can do Yibum. That's the Gemara's question. <coughs> so says the Gemara, So this, the fact that the Mishnah doesn't offer this as an option, but the Mishnah says, if she can't do Mion, sorry, then Sarah does Chalitza na Yibum. But why not? Tell me, tell me what she should do, that she should do Yibum. So it sounds like we're supporting the opinion of Rabbi Oshia. Why? Rabbi Oshia is of the opinion that no, Mion only works when, if she was already, if Yibum had been done. I mean, Mion for sure works when in the original marriage. A woman is, you know, she's 11, she's 10, 11 years old, married to this man, uh, you know, not through her own choice really, but because her mother or brother married her off. And now she goes ahead and she decides she doesn't want to be married anymore. She can do that. Mion can happen in the, in the context of marriage. That's one case. But the question is, what about in the context of Yibum? So Yoshia says, so there's two stages to, to Yibum. There's the Zika stage. Her husband has died already. And now she has a Zika. She has a connection, right? This line, right? This, this connection to, to Ruvain. Um, or, right? So can she do Mion at that point when she just has a Zika, that connection? Or, and then there's Mamaro. Mamar, right? Is, Mamar is like the the Dirabanan type of marriage that takes place between the Yavam and the Yavama. Right? After they've done, when they, when they perform Yibam, instead of simply living together, having Tasha Shemitah, having relations, so rather than, that's like we said, I think we mentioned this in the, way earlier in the, in the intro, that we don't just do that, we say, that, let's do some type of ceremony. Right? Some type of ceremony where they get married. But again, their real marriage is always an extension of the original marriage that Shimon had. Right? Um, they don't really do Kiddushin because they don't need it. So Rabbi Oshi is of the opinion that even though Sarah here can do Mion um, while she's married to Shimon, once Shimon dies, she can't do Mion anymore. When can she do Mion? Once Reuven marries her. Right? Once Reuven marries her, again, Sarah has the opportunity to do Mion from Reuven. If that's true, if Rabbi Oshi is correct, that there's Mion le Mamaro and not me in the Zika so, so that means that that would explain why the mission didn't give us this option and say, well, just do Mia now, and then Rifa can go, then the Tsara can go marry Ruvain. No, why not? Because the Mian opportunity has a pause. She can do it when she's married, but she can't do it when she just simply has a Zika. So that's what Gemara wants to say. So you see, Rabbi Yosha seems to be correct. So, Just look at Rashi for one second, which is just interesting. Look at Rashi, which is Lama Maro. Um, so Rashi, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines up in the skinny lines from before the lines turn, turn wide in Rashi. Lama Maro. Rashi says, Lama Maro, who do Mama Enes? He can make, she can do Yibo, um, me and only when she's already had Mimer done, already been married, you know, Midra um, from had Yibum performed, basically. Shim Asa Hayaba Mamar Yavama Kitana. And if the man, the Yavim, goes ahead and marries her, uh, through, performs Yibam with her when she's a Katana, and then she refuses him afterwards. But it's afterwards, not in the process. She, she, the Mamer finishes and then she does Miyun. The whole Mamer is, is, again, retroactively uh, nullified. What actually happens in that case is she goes back to being a Zika Yibam still. And she actually has to have Chalitza in that case. You might have thought that she does nothing, that they just, uh, you know, go, that, that she's free to go because Mian just annuls the whole marriage. Again, it's retroactive to the original marriage. Um, 
Nevertheless, she does chalitza. I'm not sure that chalitza is midiraisa or midirabanan. It could be that chalitza is only midirabanan because, again, she looked like she was married to the first guy. Uh, but midiraisa, maybe she doesn't need it. Um, um, yeah, fine. And luckily, Nesh Rashi, the aim of Mimenes is Zika so, but she doesn't do Mimer when she has a Zika. La akor nisuim rishonim ulafkia Zika's yibum velatates below chalitza. Right? You can't say that she can just. You know, uh, do do mean to to destroy the zika entirely? That she can't do. Fine. So the Gemara wants to assume that this our Mishnah must be a proof uh, that Rabbi Oshia, or at least a support for Rabbi Oshia's opinion, because otherwise it would have offered the option of doing a uh, mean after the, at the time of the zika. So answer the Gemara: No, that's not a, not not true. Lo, Saras Erva shiny. No, the case of Saras Erva is a different case, right? Meaning our case, the case we've been dealing with these entire 13 deaths, right? Where I have one wife is an erva and the other wife is not, but she's a tzara and therefore she can't do uh, yibum. Therefore she's out for yibum also. That case is unique. Why? So what did Rabbi Cheska say? He said the following important, important rule. What is that? If a woman is married to a man, and she's married through, again, as a katana. So you have a woman's married to Reuven, and his father is Yaakov. Okay? He's, not on the, he's not on the chart here, right? But Sarah is married to Reuven, and he has a father, Yaakov. <coughs> Forget Yibum, just normal scenario. Right? They're married. What happens if Sarah says, I'm not interested in this marriage anymore, I want out. And she does mean. Good, she does mean, she's free to go. What happens if she wants to marry Yaakov, her former father-in-law? The answer is she can marry him. Why? Because she has retroactively annulled her marriage. She is not colossal, right? She would be, otherwise she'd be his daughter-in-law, which would be an erva. But because she had, because she, because she, um, Desmion, it retroactively annuls her marriage to Reuven, and therefore she's allowed to marry basically whoever she wants, including her, her former father-in-law, right? So, mi ana bebaal muteris la'avim. She can marry his father. However, mi ana be'yavam asur la'avim. But what would happen? Same exact case. But Sarah was married to Shimon. Okay, Sarah was married to Shimon. Um, Shimon dies. And, and she's not, she has no relation to Reuven. Okay, so what happens? Reuven does Yibum with her. Right? Reuven does Yibum with her. And again, she's a katana. Reuven does Mimer with her. And now what happens? She says, Mian, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't want to be married anymore. She does Mian. Halach is, she cannot marry Yaakov. What changed? It's the same thing. Right? She retroactively annulled the marriage. She retroactively annulled her original Again, Reuven's marriage to Sarah is just an extension of his, her original marriage to Shimon. Right? And Mion explodes that marriage. So what, so what changed? Okay? So what do you see? Alma says the Gemara. So what you see is Mishas Nefila Nires Kakalaso. What changed? What happens is like this. Again, and this is all Midir Abonan, Right? The fact that she's married to Shimon. Right? And she decides to annul the marriage. So fine. So she annuls the marriage. But nothing's... And she, and she annuls the marriage. She's free to go. And she can marry whoever she wants, including Shimon's father or Reuven's father, whoever. But once she was married to Shimon, now Shimon dies. Now Reuven goes in before his Yibo. What happens? So at that point, she really looks like... And so now she wants... And now, and now she says, no, 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 I'm out of here. I want to marry Yaakov. That's already too many steps. There's been too many, too many scenarios here where this is very clear that she's part of this family. Right? That she was married to Shimon, and now she's married to Ruvain, etc. At that point, she looks like, at least, Yaakov's 
right? Yaakov's daughter-in-law. It seems very clear that she's Yaakov's daughter-in-law. Oh, so we know that actually, technically, she's not Midaraisa. All this is Midarabanan. That's already too far. So from the moment that she falls, and the truth is, it's even before Reuben does mind with her. The moment that she's caught in the Yibam web now with, with Reuven, so at that point, Nira Kakalaso, Chazal said it's too much. It looks too much like she's the, son, the daughter-in-law to have her go marry Yaakov. looks very funny and very strange, and we don't want to get involved in that. And therefore, so, so if that, but that's, that's the case. Okay, that's the halacha. That's the rule that Rabbi Yechezko says. Okay, so what do you see? Right? If that's true, if the case of Sarah, of once she was married to Shimon, he dies, now she falls to Yibam to Ruvain, and at that point we say, in that scenario, she can't do me, she, she would do me and by Ruvain, she can't marry Yaakov anymore. Why is that? Because she looks very much like Ruvain's daughter, Yaakov's daughter-in-law now. If that's true, how does Rivka look? The Tzara. By the time we've gone through the process, of being married to the first guy, he dies, performing Yibam, etc. Now Rivka also looks already like Sarah's erva. Right? She looks very much like she's really the Tzara of an erva. Because if Sarah herself looks like an erva at this point to Yaakov, so clearly Rivka looks like a Tzara also. And because of that way it looks, so you see in that scenario, we, uh, we're more concerned. Again, it's all Midrabana. It's Chazal just being, being Machmir. Because if people, people don't know all these distinctions. How many people are learning Yavamos, right? To know all these distinctions. It's a Darabana marriage, it's a Daraisa marriage, etc. It's a lot of distinctions to know. And once it starts to look like Arayos, Chazal said, forget it. Let's not, let's not go there. Um, look, you could have argued if you want to make that, you want to make that Chumrah, so say the same thing. Once, you know, even, the, even the, from the first marriage, once she does mean from the, from the first husband, she shouldn't be able to marry the, 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 the father. You could have made that argument also. I guess you don't want to go that far. But nevertheless, the point is, um, once it starts to look like Tzaras Erva, then we're, we're not going to allow it. So how does that help us? So the point being, when the, what our Mishnah originally said, right, if she's not able to do Mian, then the Tzara just does Chalitza, she can't do Yibam, what do you mean? Midaraisa, she's permitted. The answer is, that's not, that doesn't mean, that's not a proof that Rabbi, Rabbi Oshi is correct, and that Mian can't happen, you know, until Mimer. No, maybe Mian could even happen when the Zika's in place. Maybe Mian can even happen when they're both there, ready to perform Yibam, and she says, I'm out of here. Maybe even at that point, we hold like Tani, you know, Rabbi Yechesko, who just says, it looks too much like Tzara's Erva. And since it looks like Tzara's Erva, we're not going to allow this Erva, this, this Tzara to do Yibam, even though technically it would be permissible. Um, so that, that's, that's the Gemara's point. Fine. Yashikoyach, uh, you finished the first mission in Yvamos, took a little while, three months almost, right? But we did it. And now we can, uh, now we can start the next mission. Okay, the next mission is actually a mission that we've seen already um, a little bit. So we, we know a little bit about it, but we saw it a long time ago. So don't worry if you don't remember. The mission says as follows. Um, this, and the very important point in this mission is, we're going to talk about these next six cases. So we've mentioned 15 cases of Arayas already. We're going to mention six more. It's important to know that the Gemara's mission will refer to them as Chamuros, that they're Chamur. They're not really Chamur. Even Rashi's going to point out. It's not really a Chumrah. Uh, per se, it's more, like, it's more just different um, in a certain sense. We'll see why we call them chamuros, but it's not really chamuros. <coughs> but, here it goes the mission. It says the mission, There are six more forbidden relationships which are more chamur, more uh, strict than our original 15 from our first mission. Why? Why? Tsarosayan mutaros. 
that they're married to other people, meaning they can never marry my, let's say it's referring to me, they can never marry my paternal brother. Okay, so these are women who could never have been married to my paternal brother. If they can never be married to my paternal brother, what does that mean? That I'll never find myself in a situation where there's a question of, oh, I was supposed to do Yibum with them, but now I can't because they're Arias. Why? Because they're never able to be married in the first place to my brother. So Yibum scenario doesn't even start. It's almost like a Chumrah in the sense that it's one thing to have a woman, you know, my, my daughter's married to my brother and then he dies. Oh, now I can't marry her. Ah, oh, Chumrah. What? I've got a bigger Chumrah for you. What's that? They can't even start. The situation can't even begin because these are women who can't even be married to my brother. Why? Because they're also, if they're related to my brother, related to me, they're related to my brother also. Uh, they're all paternal relationships. So they're all related to me and my brother the same. And therefore, if I can't marry them, he can't marry them. And because of that, what would happen in those cases? We're going to explain it more fully. But because of that, what happens to the tsara in such a case? So if, if the husband dies, can I marry the tsara? The answer is yes. Because again, it's not really yibum. There's no yibum here. These are just random people uh, married to people who are not my brother. Uh, so if they die and, and they have a co-wife and the co-wife isn't forbidden to me, of course I can marry them. There's really no... Uh, there's no connection in the first place. We're going to explain that in a second. You look at Rashi. Rashi will explain a little bit. Those who are more What's what's bigger Because I may other people. I can't even marry my brother, my paternal brother. And if their, and if their husbands would die, right? And they are basically again. They have no relationship when it comes to me. In which case, they're now permitted to marry me. It's sort of like a really complicated way of saying that if any person in the world is married to two women and that person is not my brother and one of those women is forbidden to me and the other woman is not forbidden to me, I can marry the other woman. Right? Which is not just, which I, you didn't need to, I don't think you needed the mission in Yavamas to tell you that. Right? Any woman who was married to some man um, and her husband dies, so as long as I'm, you know, you know, truth is, even if I'm a Kohen, as long as I'm not a Kohen Gadol, so uh, I, I can marry her, as long as she's not forbidden to me. It's just because you now know the rule of Tsaras Erva, that you might have thought, oh, well, if she's, if she's the co-wife of a woman that I'm not permitted to, maybe I can't marry the Tsara either. Answer is, that's not true. As long as the, the woman herself is permitted to me, then the fact that she was a co-wife to a woman who was forbidden to me, that doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in any way. Um, okay. Yeah? Like, sort of? Yes? Shaking heads. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so let's take a look at the cases. Okay, so what are the cases? Number one, emo. Okay? My mother, right? My mother can't marry me. My mother can't marry my brother, right? Um, so, if, so if someone else is married to my mother, right? And, uh, and then, uh, sorry, someone else is married to my mother and to some other woman, Right? So not my father. Some other person is married to my mother and some other woman. So then, and that person, and that man dies, I can marry the other woman, my mother's co-wife. Then I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to marry her. Fine. Um, okay. So Aishis Aviv, right? My father's wife. Um, again, she can't marry my brother. Look at Rash, look at, uh, you have it over here. It's case number two, Aishis Aviv, right? So you have Reuven and Shimon, Right? Uh, our brothers, their father Yaakov, and Yaakov is married to Leah. Leah's not their mother. Right? Leah is just another woman. So again, if there's another co-wife, another co-wife there, um, 
and Yaakov dies, I can marry her. Why is that? I think we said before that Aisha's Aviv, in this case, I think we may be able to talk about it more later, is Aisha's Aviv like uh, Manu Soso, right? Now that they're actually married, that might be the case, that they're not actually married, because then she'd, otherwise she'd be my father's wife also, which might be Esther, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, Achos Aviv, next, right? So my father's, uh, my father's sister, right? My aunt, right? So again, my brother can't marry her, I can't marry her, but if she's married to some other guy and has a co-wife, so then that's permissible. I'm allowed to marry. I'm allowed to marry the co-wife. Um, next. Achoso me'aviv. Right? My father's, my sister, my, my paternal sister. Right? So my paternal sister, I can't marry her. And my brother can't marry her. If she goes to marry some other guy, right? She goes to marry some other guy. And what happens? She, she there's a co-wife and, and there's another woman married there also. And the f- husband dies. I can marry, again, my sister's co-wife. That's permitted. Um, and also the wife of my brother's, my father's brother. So my uncle's wife, again, my uncle's wife is, is, uh, goes ahead and then she, and she's married to some other person and she has a co-wife. Again, I can't marry my, my uncle's wife, but I can marry the co-wife. Um, and same thing, my, uh, the wife of my brother from my father, um, if she has a co-wife, that's permitted to me. Okay. And we're going to talk about each, each, uh, each case as we move along. And uh, we'll, we'll explain them more. Wait, I'm sorry, Rabbi. Something didn't make sense to me. Aisha Akhiv, isn't that old case of Yivam to begin with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good question. So we're going to explain it. Uh, Rashi here says, hold on. I was thinking the same thing as you said it. Um, yeah. Aisha Akhiv Mi'aviv. Look at six here. Okay. So you have... Right, Reuben and Shimon were brothers from their father Yaakov, right? Um, and Shimon is married to Rachel, right? So Reuben should be, that's normal Yibam, right? I think, it's, I think the article note says that he has children already, so it's not Yibam. Ah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Yes, very good. Yeah, look, that's what Rashi says. Yeah, look, if you look at Rashi, one, two, three, four, five lines down, uh, in that first Rashi, or sorry, it's two lines down after Emo. Um, he writes, Very good. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Gary. Yeah. The case is that she, he has children. He has children, it's not Yibo. And that's why, it's, that's why, uh, that's the Chedesh there. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Good. Okay. Um, okay, now we're going to get into Machlokas Basil Beit Shammai, which is really not about this Mishnah, it's really about the Mishnah before. Okay? Just for the purposes of confusing you. Um, so the, the mission says like this, Bishamai matirin hatsaros la'achim bezhilal asurim. Osrim. Okay, Bishamai permits um, tsaros marrying brothers, meaning our whole, our whole last, again, 12 blot have all been about the fact that tsarosayin asuros, right? That if I have tsaros erva, I have a woman to whom I'm forbidden to, and she befalls me in Yibam, and there's a co-wife, I can't marry the co-wife either, right? Even though, again, the whole time, the co-wife is really permitted to me. The co-wife, no issues there to the co-wife. So we have a drush. I'm going to talk about the drush as we move along. But Beishamah says, that whole case, that whole halacha doesn't apply. Beishamah says, if, I, if my daughter is married to my brother, and, and, he has, and there's another wife also, my brother dies, I'm not allowed to do Yibam with my daughter, but I can do Yibam with the tzara. 
Bishama says, no problem, go right ahead, marry the tsar. Beis Hillel, Osrim. Beis Hillel says, no, and this is the rule we know, that's what we're passing, that's what we've been talking about, if you're passing Beis Hillel, you can flip the page now, that Beis Hillel says, that no, um, Tzara Seyen Asuros. That's the rule we've been saying until now. Fine, but however, very interesting, now, continuation of this, of this Mathlomus. Chaltu, so what happens, look at Rashi, Chaltu Tzaros Mina Achin, if the Tzara did a Chalitza, okay, if the, if the, if the uh, Tzara did a, did a Chalitza, Beishamai Pulsa Mina Kahuna, right, Beishamai says, you're now not allowed to, to, to marry a Kohen, right, a, a Kohen can't marry a Grusha or a Chalitza, right, either one. So why does Beishamai say, if the Tzara did, again, a case of Tzara's Erva, so if she would do chalitza with the brother, why can't she marry a Kohen? Because that was real chalitza, right? Because she was supposed to marry him. Um, so she does real chalitza, now she's forbidden to a Kohen. Ubeis Hillel machshirin, Ubeis Hillel says, no, she can, do, she can marry a Kohen. Why? Because that was not real chalitza. That wasn't supposed to happen. The tzara is forbidden to the, uh, to the brother. And again, in this case, it's, it's, it helps her, right? Because she's forbidden to the, to the brother. So now, uh, now she's not, she's not considered a chalitza. She's an almana, but she's not a chalutza, and therefore she can still marry a kohen. Okay, next. These are all just, again, these are, this is like nafkaminas, like what happens because of this machalgas we sell Beisham, about whether it's the tsaros actually have a zika, actually have a zika to the, to the, to the, bridge, to the brother. And again, this is all from our, our original cases that we've been talking about in Tona. Nisyabnu, what happens if the tsara does yibum, like Beisham is saying it's permitted for her to do. Beisham machshirin, Beisham says gewaldik, they're married. Beisham poslin, Basil says, no, that's wrong. That's not a marriage. Right? That doesn't work. Um, yeah, look at Rashi. Basil Poslin, four lines down in Rashi, in the last of the, of the wide lines. Basil Poslin, Shinivalu le Asur lahen, Vanivala lipsola asa zona, Vazona asur lakuna. A woman who, uh, who depends on the scenario, but in this case, that she has, uh, she has Tashma Shemitah with a man that she's forbidden to in this case. So it doesn't just only, not only forbidden relationship, but she now has a status of Zona. She's not really a harlot, but she has a status of a Zona, and therefore she's not permitted to marry a Kohen. Um, she, had, she had relations in this case out of wedlock with the man that she's forbidden to, and that makes her a Surla Kohen. So, so Beis Hillel says at that point, she's forbidden to, uh, to marry a Kohen. Again, again, according to Beis Shammai, if she did Yibam and then the man would die, she, you know, the, the new husband would die, she'd be permitted to a Kohen son. Because again, she'd still only be an Almana, she would have never been uh, a Grusha or a Chalutza. Um, okay. And then, now here comes the key line here. Afa Pisha Elu Ostrim, Ve'elu Matirin, Elu Postin, Ve'elu Machshirin, even though Be'esel and had a, a tremendous fundamental Machlokas about this issue, right? And, and to the point where they would hold that these, there's a, a question of the status of this woman, right? That she's a, maybe she's a chalutza, can't marry a kohen. Maybe she's a zona, can't marry a kohen. And others say, no, she's permitted. Big machal, there's a big, big nafkaminas here uh, in terms of, you know, Beisil uh, and approach. Nevertheless, lo nimnu Beishamai melisa nashim Beisilel, velo Beisilel Beishamai, right? The, the students of Beisilel married the students of Beishamai. Even though, again, they, they, they differ in the halacha. So you might tell me, oh, so beautiful, they each accepted each other's psak. So it's not that it's not that it's not that simple, right? So people quote this Mishnah every once in a while. I was like, ah, oh, see, we have different piskelacha, and we still just accept everybody. So it's not that it's not that that simple. Look at Rashi; it's still nice, but it's not that simple. It says Rashi, lo nimnu alpha vuisha b'nei atzorish and nisiyabnu b'kibes shamai mamzerim heim right? Again, if if the situation is 
that that um, the tzara who does yibum, right? According to Beis Shammai, when the tzara does yibum, that is permissible, and she has children. That's great, beautiful children. According to Beis Hillel, what happened? It's a forbidden, forbidden relationship. She's a sewer to him, and if she has children with him, what happens? The children are moms there, right? This is the, this is the biggest, you know, such, such, you can't go more extreme than that. One says that a moms there, one says there's a there's a kosher Jew. So, so for Beis Hillel, they're moms there. So how can have everyone getting married to each other? What would happen? Because she was, again, the woman was his brother's wife. It's a good rule to know in general that children born out of forbidden relationships that are an Isra Kares. That's why a, a child born out of, out, of a, out of an adulterous relationship creates a mamzer. Um, so why would be still married children of Beishamai? They could be mamzerim. They would tell them, by the way, this kid, not okay for you. Right, this one, according to you guys, is a mom's here. For us, he's fine. This woman, for her, according to, according to us, she's fine. For you guys, that's not going to work. Right? So basically, they knew each other's halachos. And so they were smart enough to be able to say, and this happens, it's a difference when you know something. Right? If you know the halacha, you know how to navigate. If you don't know the halacha, what are you going to say? Everyone's, everyone's us to each other. They didn't do that. They said, look, we know the distinctions. There's only so many cases like this. So Basil and Bishamai, our families can marry each other. But we'll just let you know. <laughs> if that case is not going to work for you, it's not that, that Basil was accepting the Shita Bishamai. They didn't. They thought they were wrong. But nevertheless, they would marry each other because they knew they could, they could uh, inquire and find out which cases would be the problematic cases for them. And we'll just finish up the Mishnah. Call it Taharos, Vatimeos, Shahayu, Eilu Mitarim, Eilu Matamin, Lo Nimnu, Osin Taros, Elu, Agabe Elu. So in the same thing, even though Basil Meshamai disagreed about, um, about um, a case of Tumah Vatara, nevertheless, they would borrow, Rashi says, Elu Agabe Elu, Elu Mashilim, Kleim Elu, they would borrow from each other. Uh, you know, my, my pot might be Tame to you, it might be Tame for me, etc. Nevertheless, they would borrow from each other for the same reason. They would just say, this one talking you shouldn't borrow because that one is Tame for you. But this one you can borrow, right? They let each other know. It's, a, you know, it's still a harmonious relationship. It's still very beautiful that they would, uh, you know, that they would get along and they would figure it out. Uh, it didn't mean that they accepted each other's Psaq. They held very much that their Psaq was correct and the other person's Psaq was wrong. But nevertheless, they were able to uh, coordinate their marriages of their children and borrowing uh, Caleb from each other um, and we'll continue starting from the Gemara tomorrow. Shukran.